Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the channel. Today, we are going to take you through the first six wide receivers on my rankings. Then we'll do another video with the next six, and then we'll do a video a little bit into the future on the top 20 overall. I've done the same exact thing on this channel, so go check out those videos after you watch this one, of course, maybe some other ones, of the running backs. So we have top 12 running backs already out there. Rankings will be adjusted, so we'll do any update videos as we get more news on Coach Speak and if we get any type of a camp or preseason, of course. Thank you all for being here. We got some top six receivers, and I think my list might be a little bit different than consensus right now. And I do want to start by asking you the number one question. One, how's your day going? No, 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 not that. But I hope your day is going well. But the number one question I want to ask you is, I've been asking people in the comment section as we interact, but I haven't had this as the question of the day yet. I like to get these interactions. Who is your wide receiver one at this point in the season? I think a lot of people at running back know it's Christian McCaffrey. I think there's an argument for Saquon Barkley, but consensus is Christian McCaffrey. Would you rather have Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas this year? The year that Thomas had last year is going to lead to a lot of recency bias for you to say Thomas, but that was a historical year. Will he repeat that with Devontae Adams being in line for a potential 180, 190 target season? So let me know which one of those players in the comments down below. That is the question of the day, Adams or Michael Thomas. So what I'm going to be doing is going through these six wide receivers. I'm going to be giving you a background on what they just did in their previous year or previous years. Want to let you know what their team has been doing in terms of bringing competition for them, bolstering up the offensive line, which would help these receivers just get deeper down the field. Let you know a little bit about these wide receivers, durability, if there's any injury concerns that should knock them down or choose one guy over another and really where my processes and ranking them. And then also letting you know just what their top competition is in their target share. Who is the other wide receivers? Are there running backs ones that actually matter in the passing game? And will they matter in the passing game? And also tight ends are going to matter. Are they a very consistent tight end in the offense? Are they going to steal targets away? So I want to let you know their overall target share, target competition, and just the upside that they have going into the 2020 season. It's good to look at 2018 and 2019 as sort of a reference point in what they did in their offense, but we're trying to project for the 2019 season or the 2020 season. And that's what we're trying to do in this video. So I've been hearing a lot of positive feedback as I've done these videos now for two straight weeks. I'm going to continue to do them. So thank you to all the new subscribers. And if you're just seeing me for the first time or you've watched one or two of my videos, please, if you've gotten any value from them or you just want to help a brother out, please do hit that subscribe button. It really does help. And also the notification bell and the like button go a very long way in allowing me to reach more people. The more that you do, you probably saw this video because somebody else is doing that. So please do pass it forward. I really do appreciate that. These videos are completely free here on YouTube. I try not to put any mid-roll ads in and just in repayment for that. I just hope that you all enjoy these watch these videos and really hit that subscribe button and notification bell. My number one guy right now is Devontae Adams. And this is going to be the question of the day. Like we said, Adams or Michael Thomas, and it's going to be debated throughout the season. Thomas is the easy and the safe choice to put there based on what he's done the past few years and just based on his overall connection with his quarterback. But I really, really like Devontae Adams heading into this year. So Adams last year only played 12 games. He had turf toe. He missed four games, played on 86% of the snaps. He had 997 yards, five touchdowns and 127 targets. He saw a 30.3% target share in this Packers offense in down the stretch in the second half of the year, it was closer to 35%. Here's a crazy fun fact for you. Devontae Adams has only had a thousand yards in his career once. He has finished with 997 yards in injury riddled seasons twice, that exact number. He missed by three. So very odd for Devontae Adams. He had 17.6 fantasy points per game. So even missing four games, had playing only in 12 games, he still was number six, number six overall in PPR scoring for wide receivers with 17.6 per game. He saw 16 red zone targets, which was third in the league, again, missing four games. He was fifth in yards per route run. He's one of the best separators in the entire league. In my opinion, he is the best route runner in the entire league up there with Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown when he was in the league. 
And I think that right now you're seeing a Green Bay offense that is trending towards running the ball, but they were already doing that last year. They only threw the 15th most times per game last year, 38.1. Rodgers, although he kind of was falling off a cliff by many people's standards, he was still analytically very sharp. He was eighth in attempts, second in deep ball attempts, number one in money throws, which takes into account your athleticism. He was ahead of Patrick Mahomes in that department, ahead of guys like Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson, number one in money throws, fourth in red zone attempts, and eighth in overall touchdowns. So it was still very much able to uh, help up and prop up a lot of these receivers. His receivers were number one in separation. So he fell off a cliff a little bit in his accuracy and completion percentage department. But in terms of just producing at the end of the day, he was still able to sustain Devontae Adams as a top five wide receiver last year, even missing four games. Now in the offseason, the Packers did do some things. They re-signed Mercedes Lewis, a blocking tight end. They did lose Brian Balaga to the Chargers, very big offensive line piece for them, but they signed a tackle Rick Wagner, who hopefully can fill that void. Also got some offensive line help in the draft. In the draft, they had the worst draft possible. AJ Dillon, a fullback in the third round. They take AJ Dillon in the second round, a guy that I wouldn't have taken to like the fifth round and they get Jordan Love the QB. So not much help there. But for Adams, they were screaming draft a wide receiver. They don't. So it's Adams way right now. No first round wide receiver to take into his competition share. He looks to be in a really good spot. They ended up getting rid of Geronimo Allison, who was dust last year, rid of Jimmy Graham. That's around 116 targets to go around between Geronimo Allison and Jimmy Graham. And with Adams missing four games, I'm pretty sure he's going to soak up potentially even a third of those targets, believe it or not. Adams durability. He has missed 10 games in his six year career. Four of them were in 2019 last year with that turf toe injury. He missed one game in 2018 with a knee sprain, and then he missed two games in 2017 with a concussion, and then three games in 2015 with a high ankle sprain. So he really hasn't been able to stay healthy outside of that 2016 season and really his rookie year, but it's just a guy that's gotten some freak injuries. Turf toe is something that will linger. We've seen it with Julio, but Julio hasn't had to miss time with that turf toe. He just kind of plays through the paint. This is the biggest thing for Adams, and the reason I'm projecting him number one is because I really do think the guy can average around 11 to 12 targets per game, closer to 11 probably, and 180 plus targets. His competition is Devin Funchess, St. Brown, MVS, and Alan Lazard. That is his passing competition. You could throw Aaron Jones in there as a running back. You can throw Jay Sternberger, third-year tight end in there. Not a lot of experience in as a tight end. Lazard last year, sorry, 13.7% target share, 52 total targets. He had three touchdowns. He was not a standout in any department in terms of separation, yards per route run, athleticism, and he's supposed to be the number one threat to Devontae Adams' target share. Devontae Adams is going to see a 30-plus percent target share as long as he stays healthy this year. Devin Funches only played one game and really part of a game before he got hurt last year. In 2018, he saw a 16.3% target share. He had four overall touchdowns, and he ended up leading the league in drops. So not great. St. Brown missed all of last year due to an injury. He's supposed to be coming back this year and MVS couldn't even get on the field last year, seeing just one red zone target. 55% of the snaps was very much phased out towards the end of the year and only seeing a 10.9% target share. Nobody even pushed a 15% target share in this receiving core last year outside of Devontae Adams, 30%. So it is all Devontae Adams. If he stays healthy, he's just going to be fed targets. A guy who even missing four games was still third in the league in red zone targets. Unreal. He's going to be in line for a 1,400, 12 plus touchdown, 120 reception type season here. If he can just stay healthy, there's just no competition. And then number two, and really, I mean, these guys are in a tier of their own. It's 1A, 1B for me between Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas. And Thomas was an absolute monster. If we just go off of last year, which you obviously can't just go off of last year when you're trying to project the following year, you have to go off of, in my opinion, the three previous years, the offseason moves, the new competition that's going in there, which is why I give the edge to Adams right now. But in 2019, he played all 16 games. He's definitely the more durable receiver out of the two, not missing a game since coming into the season, only really missed a, I think he had a high ankle sprain or an ankle sprain injury report in 2016 preseason. That's like the only time he's popped up on the injury report, Michael Thomas, but he played on 91% of the snaps last year, had 149 receptions on 186 targets, 33.2% target share in this offense was number one in the league, broke a ton of records, nine touchdowns, over 1700 yards. He was first in receptions, targets, receiving yards. I mean, he was up there and everything first in fantasy points per game. He was just so, so consistent. You can just throw him in there and know that you were going to get something from him because he had 10 games of 100% 
100 plus yards and he had 12 of 16 games of either having 10 receptions a touchdown or a 100 plus yards he just produced for you week in and week out he faced some notable cornerbacks too I mean James Bradbury twice the former now Carolina Panther Byron Jones the Dallas Cowboys last year Marcus Peters who had a big bounce back year faced AJ Boye and Patrick Peterson who were on sort of downsides of their careers but still top names in the league he was just eating everybody up and this was with the Saints only throwing the 16th most times per game at 37.9 that's how much of a target share he had 33% is nuts last year Drew Brees was 27th in attempts he's through the ball 34.4 times per game 270.8 yards per game and a 7.1% touchdown rate he was still the number one player in the entire league Drew Brees when he was out there in true completion percentage and number three in pressure completion percentage the man although he's aging can still play football now in terms of threats to Michael Thomas they did sign Emmanuel Sanders and Emmanuel Sanders last year between two teams the Broncos and the 49ers did see an 18.3% target share average about 51 yards per game a little under six targets per game and 11 fantasy points per game so that's not a major threat everywhere Emmanuel Sanders has been he's sort of been like a wide receiver one but always been asked to play the wide receiver two role he's just such a good player whether it was when he came into the league with um, Antonio Brown there and then he goes to Denver with Demarius Thomas and then he goes last year with with Cortland Sutton to start the year right he's always been this wide receiver two but really has the potential to be a wide receiver one so he should snag somewhere between 15 and 18 to 20 percent of the target share but that shouldn't impact too much of Michael Thomas they ended up losing Ted Ginn Jr which I don't think they're going to care about he signed a deal with the Bears and in the NFL draft they spent their first round pick on Cesar Ruiz who's a interior offensive lineman should help that team third round pick on Adam Trotman and then they took a quarterback who's very similar to Taysom Hill in the seventh round so really in the offseason pretty much all that happened was for Michael Thomas's purposes they ended up losing Ted Ginn they ended up taking on Emmanuel Sanders and they signed a couple offensive linemen one through the draft and Andrew Pettis signed a five-year 57 million dollar deal for the rest of Michael Thomas's target competition outside of Emmanuel Sanders probably projecting to see somewhere between 16 to 20 percent of the target share let's call it 18 percent you do have Alvin Kamara as probably the next biggest threat if not the biggest threat he saw 6.9 targets per game last year 38 yards per game in the receiving game 5.8 receptions per game in what was considered a down year for Kamara going over 700 receiving yards but the thing is Kamara's receptions for the most part are going to be between negative two so behind the line of scrimmage and like four yards so not really that deep downfield threatening the overall upside and yards per catch of Michael Thomas Jared Cook broke out onto the scene last year I mean he missed two games and he still had over 700 yards he still had nine touchdowns on 65 targets he saw a 13.5 percent target share so what you're probably going to see in this offense is somewhere around Emmanuel Sanders floating between 20 percent target share 18 percent you'll probably have somebody like Alvin Kamara floating very similarly there but then Michael Thomas even since he's due to regress still seeing in the upper 20s to low 30s like Michael Thomas seeing 28 to 30 percent of the target share should be expected at this point in this offense he's such a durable receiver that it's really hard not to like him he is the 1b to the 1a of Devontae Adams for me now let's get into our number three wide receiver overall now before I break down into Julio a big old subscribe button is about to pop up on the screen take one second bottom right hand corner click that just a couple seconds of your time and also if you are so generous to hit the notification bell it will let you know when I update new videos and upload new videos which then once you watch them and if you come through the notification it then shows it to more people because YouTube's going oh this is actually working people want to watch your videos right so if you do get value from this video so far and you like what I'm doing here please do hit that subscribe button again as a creator it goes the longest way in allowing me to grow my channel and grow my business my YouTube creator business online business here so thank you so much Julio Jones played in 15 games in the 2019 season played on 79% of the snaps he caught 99 balls just one away from the triple digits 100 99 balls for just under 1400 yards and 12 touchdowns 156 targets and a 25.7% target share this was on an offense in Atlanta that passed the most per game at 45.9 times per game he was second in targets behind Thomas second in deep targets with 2.1 per contest he was second in overall yards behind Thomas third in fantasy points per game at 18.3 even though he missed a game and then he was very impressive in a lot of different areas yards per outrun he was only 85th in separation per target which we're not really known for Julio to be the biggest uh, separator of all right he's just at this point in his career although he came 
out of college running a 4.39. At this point in his career, he's a bigger body guy. I mean, he's going into what his 10th year in the NFL. So he's not really supposed to get too much separation as much as his size plays to his advantage, uh, a 230 pound massive wide receiver. Matt Ryan last year threw the third most times per game, 297.7 yards per game. I mean, this was still a high flying Atlanta offense. It just stunk all around on the defensive side and they stalled in the red zone at times like they have for really the last three years. 26 touchdowns. He was 26th in protection, which was the big thing. While some of their early draft picks on the offensive line last year, early in the season and really in the preseason, and he was number three in red zone attempts. So this offense clicked last year, number one passing offense in attempts per game. And you're going to see probably similar things heading into this year as they've revamped the offense. How do they revamp the offense? On the other season, they added Todd Gurley and they cut Devonta Freeman, who's probably an upgrade at this point on a one-year deal for Todd Gurley. They really didn't add anything else behind him. They did a fifth round tenure on Brian Hill to be pretty much the backup at this point. And they signed Hayden Hurst and they lost Austin Hooper. So they lost their running back in their tight end. And in my opinion, they added an upgrade at running back in Todd Gurley. And also in my opinion, they added an upgrade at tight end in Hayden Hurst. Yes, I personally think Hayden Hurst is better than Austin Hooper. Do the numbers show that? No, because Hayden Hurst was a backup tight end on a run first offense. And Austin Hooper was the starting tight end on the number one offense when it comes to passing. It's the complete opposite. The Ravens are number one in running offense. And then you have Atlanta number one in passing offense. So trying to make that comparison of, oh yeah, but look at the numbers last year. It doesn't matter. They were on complete opposite situations. I think that Hayden Hurst, if you look at his overall draft capital, his overall athletic profile, he is the more athletic and probably better tight end. And we should see that this year. In the NFL draft, the Falcons really didn't do much. They signed a center, Matt Hennessy, in the third round. Julio has missed 18 games in his nine-year career. Crazy that he's been in the league already for nine years. But 11 of those games did come when he fractured his foot, I believe it was, in the 2013 season. So he's only really missed seven games in eight years, which is pretty strong. He's always been injured with this turf toe. Uh, His most recent injuries were one in 2019 with a shoulder, two in 2016 with a toe sprain. So lately, he's been able to just play through injuries, and he normally is known as a guy who does. Now, he does have some target competition, namely Calvin Ridley, who's very much set to take that leap and maybe the Chris Goblin breakout type of year that we saw last year, 67 yards per game, seven touchdowns through 13 games for Ridley, 4.8 receptions per game on a 17.7% target share. He had his breakout rookie year. He had a very solid and strong sophomore year, and now that jump is coming for his junior year in the NFL. After that, you do have Hayden Hurst, who only saw 30 catches on 40 targets last year and three touchdowns. But again, he was a backup in a run first offense. When you look at the actual efficiency numbers, he was the seventh tight end in yards per target, and he was sixth in yards per out run. Sixth and seventh ranking in the entire NFL for a backup tight end. That's how athletic this guy was at getting separation and being efficient with his targets. Last year, Russell Gage took on the Mohamed Sanu role once midseason Mohamed Sanu got shipped off to the New England Patriots, and he saw eight targets per game over his last six games, and notably his 13 target game to end the year. He wasn't really efficient with his targets overall, dropped a touchdown at one point last year, but Russell Gage is going to be set to take on this slot role in this offense for a good chunk of the time for a team that does run a ton of four and three wide receiver sets. So Julio Jones is as consistent as ever. I mean, he's coming into his 10th league, so it's just crazy to think that he should continue to be a top uh, three to five wide receiver in the league, but he just continues to put up those numbers and he just plays through injuries. He's going to be about 31 and a half to 32 years old before the season starts. And although that's a downturn of a lot of people's career, Julio right now is just proving a ton of people wrong based on his size and speeds combination that continues to live on throughout his 10-year career in the NFL. He is my number three wide receiver. So before I break down the new Arizona Cardinal, DeAndre Hopkins, please do check out in the description below Monkey Knife Fight offers. They are the picture above the logo and the promo code down below. It's a prop betting site. So if you don't know what prop bets are for DeAndre Hopkins, say week one, they say over under 82 receiving yards. If you think it's under, you put the under and if it hits, you win some money. If you think it's over that, you put the over. If it hits, you win some money. Now to get you started, if you put a $10 minimum deposit, they will send you $15 ruse for free. If you use the promo code Vetri in the link down below in the description. Or if you want to put in 50 bucks, they'll send you $55. So they'll 100% match you up to $50 and throw in an extra five bucks. You can not do this for not only the NFL, but any sport you care to do so. It's the third largest fantasy sports operating site in the world and the number one fastest growing in North America. They're a legitimate site. I wouldn't be 
telling you about them if they weren't. Check out Monkey Knife Fight. It's a ton of fun. What are you waiting for? Go get your free money. Now let's get back to the video. So Hopkins with the Texans in 2019 played 15 games. He played on 100% of the snaps. So he was the number one receiver in uh, route participation, had over 100 receptions and over 1,100 yards seven touchdowns, 30.9% target share was second only behind Michael Thomas. Arizona last year, the new team that he's on now threw the 17th most times per game at 37.8, but they played at a very, very fast pace. Hopkins finished fourth overall in fantasy points per game, even missing a game at 17.8. He only had seven red zone receptions, but he was lucky that all seven ended up being uh, touchdowns last year. Tyler Murray in his 2019 rookie season was ninth in attempts. He saw 232.6 yards per game and 20 overall touchdowns. He was number three in money throws, which takes into account your athleticism and ability to extend the play and he saw 4.4 deep attempts per game. That helps Hopkins because that was ninth in the league. So in 2019 offseason, the Cardinals did do a lot. Outside of adding Hopkins, they ended up signing a one-year deal to Larry Fitzgerald. They put the transition tag on Kenyon Drake, and they signed some offensive linemen and re-signed some offensive linemen in DJ Humphreys and Justin Murray. They lost David Johnson, which I'm sure they're happy about that contract leaving. And then Demir Bird, Demir Bird, a wide receiver, ended up going to the Patriots. In the NFL draft, they got a steal in Josh Jones out of Houston, an offensive tackle in the third round, who was touted to be a first-round talent. And then Eno Benjamin, a running back in the seventh round. So the durability, DeAndre Hopkins missed one game last year, and then he also missed one game in 2017. 2017 was a calf strain, but he's known to play through injuries. I mean, he's had uh, sprained and fractured ribs in the past. He's had a torn wrist that he's playing through. So even if he's not completely healthy, you can trust him to be out there for your fantasy team. Target competition this year will be a lot more than last year, at least out of Houston. Houston didn't have a lot of pass catching threats at the running back, or at least they didn't use Duke Johnson a lot. Will Fuller was often banged up. Kenny Stills wasn't getting any separation. So what you're going to have now out of DeAndre Hopkins is Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, both of which saw over 100 targets last year. Christian Kirk last year missed three games and still saw 108 targets, a 24.5% target share on 98.5% of the snap. Larry Fitzgerald playing all 16 games, the old man himself back on a one-year $11 million deal, saw 109 targets and 20.6% of the snaps. And then Kenyon Drake overall last year saw 50 targets and much of those came once he moved to Arizona, 3.6 receptions per game on five targets per game. So it's going to be very interesting for Hopkins because you're coming into a situation where two receivers are seeing over 20 plus percent of the target share and surely Hopkins will now likely either lead or co-lead in the targets on this team. And I would expect them to lead. But if that's the case, it's going to be taking a ton away from Larry Fitz, who likely comes off the field a little bit more and a lot away from Christian Kirk, which I don't know if Murray's going to very quickly just stop throwing the ball to Christian Kirk. So there is an overall targets concern for DeAndre Hopkins, maybe not red zone targets concern, but targets concern. So that puts him down to number four for me for the 2020 fantasy football season. And big old subscribe button just popped up on the screen. Take a few seconds, hit that as we get into Tyreek Hill, who did miss four games last year. Tyreek Hill missing four games last year were the only four of his career with a dislocated clavicle. I mean, his shoulder, whatever you want to call it. In his 12 games in 2019, he played on 74% of the snaps. He returned in a major way, I believe, scoring two touchdowns in that game. 58 receptions on 88 targets, a 21.9% target share, and seven touchdowns. He saw just under five receptions per game, 72 yards per game, and 15.7 fantasy points per game was 11th in the league last year. He was sixth in separation and fifth in fantasy points per route run. So as long as he was able to run more routes, because he missed four games last year, you expect him to actually put up a little bit more numbers and maybe actually finish within the top eight in wide receivers last year. Now Mahomes in 2019 was great as ever, 34.6 attempts per game, 287.9 yards per game, 26 touchdowns, and a very eye-popping 8.6 yards per attempt. In the offseason, in terms of what the Chiefs did, not much in free agency. They ended up signing DeAndre Washington, which who knows if they'll actually use him now since they took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with their first overall pick. They picked up Damian Williams' option the final year of his contract, and they really didn't lose anybody. They re-signed Demarcus Robinson for a one-year deal. They restructured Sammy Watkins' contract, and in the NFL draft, outside of getting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round, they took a third-round tackle in Lucas Niang. So what does the target competition look like for Tyreek Hill? There is a lot. I mean, Tyreek Hill's not even the number one receiver on this team. If you're talking about legit receivers, yes, he is. But if you're talking about including tight ends in that, Travis Kelsey's the number one receiver on this team, and he has been for Patrick Mahomes. 
alone. Travis Kelsey played 94% of the snaps. He's just durable there. 97 receptions, over 1,200 yards, and six touchdowns. He was so quiet last year, in my opinion. It seemed like he wasn't even having a huge year. And he was a tight end who went over 1,200 yards on 24.4% target share and 30.2% of the red zone targets. This man saw 136 targets and caught 97 of them as a tight end. And it seemed like he just didn't even have a great season. That's just nuts at that status quo for Travis Kelsey. Now, outside of that, you saw Sammy Watkins in 2019 have the big week one and then the big playoffs, but nothing really in between. He had 52 receptions, three touchdowns on 90 total targets. He was third on this team with a 19.7% target share behind Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. There was a hodgepodge of Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman coming on down the stretch, a lot of big plays out of both of those guys, but they were really never consistent overall. So with Tyree Kill coming in here as my number five wide receiver, I am a little bit sketched out. He's definitely a number five guy in best ball leagues and PPR formats, though. He's going to be a lot better of an option for you in half PPR and just standard no PPR. But in PPR formats, you might want to jump him down a little bit because look, if he stays healthy, he only might catch 80 balls, whereas a lot of other guys ahead of him or around him even might catch 95, 100 plus balls like a Chris Goblin, who's still going to come up on this list and some other guys that we haven't mentioned yet. Factoring all the different league types and the upside of Travis Kelsey and just the offense that he's in. If he plays a full 16 games last year, you're going to prorate his stats out to being somewhere around a a 1150 yard season with somewhere around 75 receptions and 11 touchdowns, which is going to be uh, not 11 in fantasy points per game, but finish somewhere around the top eight, top six. So on a healthy season for Tyreek Hill, I feel really good about him here at the number five spot. Shout out Penn State. Penn State's own Chris Goblin last year broke out onto the scene in his third year in the league, just being the number two wide receiver in fantasy points per game. He was an absolute monster and he only played in 14 games due to some injuries. 96% of the snaps, he had 86 receptions for over 1300 yards and nine touchdowns, 22.2% target share and a 20% red zone target share. Second in fantasy points per game, like I said, with 19.6. He was number one in yards after the catch with 574 total yards after the catch and number three in yards per game at 95.2. Emma Bay threw the third most times last year, which you probably don't see this year as as you have no more Jameis Winston out there at 42.3 times. Brady in 2019, though, he did have 253.6 yards per game. He threw the fourth most times, so uh, 39.3, and he was number one in red zone attempts at 6.3 per contest, threw for 24 touchdowns. The big concerns with Brady were just his accuracy. He was 32nd in accuracy in a clean pocket, and he was 17th out of all the quarterbacks in the league in true passer rating. Now, in the offseason, the Bucks clearly improved their offense. They ended up getting Tom Brady. They get Gronk to come out of retirement and trade for him. They end up re-signing Joe Hay, a offensive lineman. And in the draft, they get Tristan Worfs, who was projected to go top five overall to the Giants. They get him. They trade up one pick and they end up getting him at 13th overall for Tom Brady. They get Keyshawn Vaughn, a good pass protector and pass catching running back in the third round. And they also take Raymond Calais, who's also a pass catching back in the seventh round, a running back, Tyler Johnson, a wide receiver in the fifth round. So they did a lot in this draft to shore up their offense. They did a lot in this draft to get protection for Tom Brady and also just some familiarity with Rob Gronkowski out there. Their subtractions were Rashad Perriman, who's now on the Jets, and Jameis Winston who's now a backup for the division rival Saints. Chris Goblin's only missed two games in his career, both last year during his three-year career with a hamstring strain. He appeared on the injury report for four more weeks with a hip strain last year, but it didn't seem to really limit him. No concerns over his durability there. And finally, the target competition. Obviously, there's a lot of mouths to feed out there, starting with Mike Evans. Mike Evans played on 90% of the snaps last year. He had a great year, 67 receptions, over 1,150 yards and eight touchdowns, 23.8% target share, was more than Chris Goblin, and a 27.7% red zone target share was by far more than Chris Goblin because Evans was just a bigger receiver when it comes to weight and just overall size. After that, you had Justin Watson last year, who Justin Watson and Scotty Miller were operating as the wide receiver fours on this offense since they still had Rashad Perriman. Watson had 15 receptions on 26 targets, saw just a 9.8% target share, and Scotty Miller only played 25% of the snaps, but he saw a 7.1% target share. He saw 26 targets. 11 of those targets were deep shots of 20 or more yards. So he has this Rashad Perriman burner down the field. You might see some upside out of Scotty Miller here and there if Brady can connect with him. And then they have all their tight ends, Cameron Brate, OJ Howard, Howard playing 80% of the snaps last 
last year, seeing a 10.3% target share, 459 total yards and a touchdown on 34 receptions. And now you have Gronk coming out of retirement, missing all of last year to rekindle his relationship with Tom Brady. So a lot of mouths to feed out there. I still think Chris Goblin, who was second overall last year, is going to regress, but not enough for me to push him down to like eight or nine because this offense is just so good. He's really in the prime of his career, going to be 24 and a half years old once the season starts again out of Penn State. So Goblin is my number six wide receiver in PPR formats. So that's it. That's the first six. In my next video, I'll be going through seven through 12. I hope you watch this entire video. If you did, let me know in the comments and let me know Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas in PPR formats. Who is your wide receiver one this year? If it's somebody else for some reason, let me know that as well. Eager to hear what you all have to say for that. Hit the subscribe button. Big old one's about to pop up on the screen. Bottom right hand corner, hit that subscribe button, then hit the bell. And then while you're at it, hit the like button. All those things really do help me. I appreciate you being here up until this point of the video. Check out the free rookie rankings down below in the description. And if you're interested in the draft guide, which depending on when you're watching this, is either down in the description or the free signup sheet is down there so you can be notified of when it does drop, get a little bit of an early release for it. Check out the description down below for that. If you want to support me over on Patreon, I put a ton of content out over there for daily fantasy sports and they're going to have even more for the fantasy sports. So you can check that out as well. So keep an eye on the description stuff. That draft guide is coming. Hit the subscribe button. Do it all. Hope you have a great rest of your day and peace out game.